Yo, what is up? Welcome to Ambitious with Dylan Price. When I kind of formed a Christmas list, I guess, as it's holiday season, of three guests I really wanted to have on from Big Brother this past season. They started with Jack Matthews, Cliff Hogg, and Nicole Anthony. I've knocked two off that list, and completing that list today is Jack Matthews. Jack was one of the most polarizing figures in this past season of BB21. He now joins today's show in his first podcast appearance since coming off the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Jack Matthews. Jack, how is it doing? <laughs> doing pretty well, doing quite, quite the introduction, man. I appreciate that. I'm happy to be on. Thank you very much. So... I want to dive into a lot of maybe the, I'd say maybe negative stuff first and then kind of go to the good stuff after because that way that's all done and we can get over that part. So, All right. So pretty much I giving my opinion on it before I even start asking the questions on, you know, you know, the deal, you've heard it more than anybody, but. I kind of thought the way you handled everything was actually pretty admirable, especially on finale night when, you know, it was really set up, I think, to be a kind of presser and interrogation almost towards you, Christy, and Jackson, whereas, you know, Jackson and Christy were sort of shell-shocked. You kind of were ready. You sat there and you apologized and you answered everything sincerely, even on your exit interview as well. You were very, I watched that too before you came on today and you were just very calm, cool, collected and answered everything to the best of your abilities. And that was very admirable. Um, with that said, I do want to give you an opportunity to kind of like, um, say how things have gone since then. And, you know, your opinion on all the controversy that surrounded you and the others in this past season. Well, I think uh, I appreciate you giving me a platform to be able to speak more on it, Dylan, actually. Um, but I think I think what I did say in my exit interview and what I did say in my finale um, were things that I actually believed um, were to, to be true, and they still are. Uh, the way that I feel about how I acted this season, I'm not absolutely proud of. Um, I do believe that there's a certain extent that's a little bit taken out of context. Um it's unfortunate, but you know, I'll always take, I'll always, I'll always take, um, I'll always take the claim of what was said, and I'll and I'll take, um, I'll take responsibility for what was said and what was conveyed. Um, I will say for the rest of my life, and I'll stand by it, that a lot of the things that I said, including um, the rice pudding comment, which was unfortunately drawn into this. Um, this racial uh, belief really did have something to do with food. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm this guy who has a horrible sense of humor and, and really believes in dad jokes and just has stuff come to his mind. And we were talking about the food earlier that night, and it, I can totally see how looking back at it, it can be viewed as um, um, as, as something of a, as, as a racial um, as a racial statement. And um, I, I, I do believe I apologize to Bella. And, um, I've heard some of Bella's statements after hearing what I said, um, and she still is. She still has her beliefs about certain things. And Bella and I still talk every once in a while, and I still think that she's a great person, and um, she's doing her thing. And um, she was one of the first people in the show that I gravitated towards, to be completely honest. I wanted to to be a part of her, um, I wanted to create an alliance with her. I thought that she was a really driven person and a unique person, um, and, and looked like a total gamer. So, um, for me to discriminate 
on Bella based on her race is kind of a little bit, it's a little bit outside of the lines for me. Um, but there's, there's a couple other things. I, it, it's funny, I haven't watched a lot of footage of this season um, after getting out of the show. Um, I watched about the first three episodes, and I still haven't gone back and watched the rest of the season. And I think I'll take time to get back to it and eventually do it. But um, I wanted to, there was allegations that I uh, used a racial slur um, in sitting in the kitchen with uh, Jackson. I believe there was the use of their, um, there was the use of the N-word uh, in, in a conversation in the kitchen. And so I finally went back in it and looked it up on Google today and was watching it. And it's actually really unfortunate because I was actually giving Jackson words of encouragement to be bigger than what he was trying to do. Um, Jackson wanted to stack dishes up and make a big mess. It was in context talking about David. And he was getting all riled up and he was like, if David wants to clean dishes, I'm going to get in David's head. And um, Jackson came up to me and was doing his thing with, you know, being competitive in the house. And there was a big part of me that really kind of wanted to go along at honesty and integrity and character. And so I did flaw along those lines, or I did carry myself along those lines at points in the show, such about, you know, um, having integrity and saying the things that I said about Obi, you know, calling Obi a douche and things of that sort. This statement to Jackson was to be like, and my thought process when I said it to him, I just rewatched the tape. He goes, I'm going to stack dirty plates, and if he wants to pee in the sink, apparently David was urinating in the sink. I don't know if that's absolutely true. The house is crazy. You don't know what's true and what's not. But at that time, I said, you're bigger than that, bro. You're bigger. He's going to be gone in a week, and you don't have to deal with it. The word bigger is what came out of my mouth in that situation. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate that, you know, that the audio wasn't that great when it happened, but the country blew it up into this huge thing, or the fandom blew it up into this huge thing, which is okay because at the end of the day, I know who I am and how I, what I like, how what I stand for um, from a character and honesty standpoint. If I want to address the other things, like the way that Kemi and I got along on the show and the things that I said, I completely stand by what I. I don't stand by what I said, but I do take responsibility for what I said. Um, I think Nick got riled up a couple times. Kemi had this ability to get under your skin. She played these mind games that um, Bella would immediately communicate to us what she was saying, whether it was true or not, but we trusted Bella at the time. And you'd get, you'd get really excited about it, and you're cut off from reality. You're cut off from the house, and this is the only thing that you have to deal with. And could I have absolutely carried myself and said way better things about Kemi because she is at her core, an incredible person. There's a reason why she got picked to be on this show. She's charismatic. She's funny. Um, she's brilliant. She's smart. My statements were based on a uh, competition platform. I'm, com- com- I'm competing against you for half a million dollars. Heck or high water, right? <laughs> I'm getting locked in a house. There's no rules besides the fact that I like, you know, I did say aggressive statements, but this is me trying to get a half million dollars. Um, so could I have used probably different vocabulary? Could I have said way kinder things? One million percent um, while I was on this show. I think there's a lot of things that I can apologize for, and I'll always apologize for them. And for the things that I said, I probably could have said way better things. Um, I think the Big Brother following fan base 
still believe that I haven't apologized for the things that I've done. Um, I acknowledge the things that I've said. I also acknowledge the things that I didn't say that were conveyed as other things. And I'll always apologize for the things that I absolutely truthfully said. And that's one million percent. Um, I don't want to carry myself through the rest of my life knowing that didn't carry myself um, in the best way possible to try and believe in some type of, or try to ask for forgiveness, even though I don't absolutely deserve it. Um, and that requires me to apologize for my actions, and I absolutely do. Um, but the eviction, there was a lot of talks about the eviction coming out to see Julie. I had no idea that I was going to get played footage. Um, I was aware, and they let me know that I said um, the statements about Kemi, and then they also let me know about the food, um, the rice pudding comment the day after. And when I was confronted about the rice pudding comment, I cried in the VR when they let me know. Um, they said, by the way, there's, there's kind of an up, there's a stir going on about what you said. And I was, I was taken aback. I was confused. Um, I, it's because I was literally talking about food. It was very confusing, and I was beside myself for that day. But the way how it works when they flag you and they let you know about, you know, things that you say, you can't really talk about them anymore. And there's a lot of feeders that said, you know, that um, I had been, you know, my, my speech was rehearsed. Um, the most rehearsing that I did um, was knowing that I was probably going to get asked questions, but I didn't know that it was going to be to the extent that Julie came out and did. And, um, I feel like I tried my very best, and I, I was as honest as I possibly could be while I was out there to be, as, um, to be as respectable as I possibly could to the people who I offended. And um, I don't think I'll ever be able to be able to apologize enough for that, but I'll continue to apologize, which I am apologizing for my actions, absolutely. Um, the, the comments that I said about Kemi, um, the first flagging that they let me know, which was not the mudhole comment, um, I was pretty aggressive in saying what I said, and I'll take ownership of that, absolutely. Um, you you kind of lose, lose your sense of reality in the house. And I wish I had a better head on my shoulders at the time, but I really wanted to go in there and be a competitive person and try and win in this house. And it was those first 30 days, I was very confident in what I was doing. You know, I won the second HOH and I won the, I won the, my activity power. So I was feeling really good about getting the people out of the house who I felt like I needed to get out of the house. Um, and those were people that I just didn't align with in the first couple of days of the house. I don't, I'll stand by it that it had nothing to do with race. And he didn't want to talk to me ever, really. Uh, we talked a little bit in competition, or we talked a little bit around the dinner table and here and there, but we just didn't vibe and we didn't get along. And it, um, I had a team of people that I was already working with, so I was just trying to move forward and get the people who weren't on my team out of the house. And it was kind of an unfortunate reality of how it came to be, what the sides were, um, but that's just kind of how it ended up. Uh, but I'll always stand by the fact that it had nothing to do with the controversial accusations of what what was going on outside of the house. You get outside of the house and you see this massive, um, you see this massive reaction throughout the season. You see how people are reacting to stuff live and all that. Yeah. It's really heartbreaking and eye-opening um, because you really, you really hope, you're really hoping while you're inside of the house that people aren't going to jump to that conclusion, that it's just based on a game decision and it's based on the people who you have up with in the house, and that it's not racial, but unfortunately, it did end out that way, 
And because it ended out that way, Dylan, I think for me, I apologize that it was construed that way. It shouldn't have ever been that way. But it did end up that way. And um, I'll always apologize for what happened this season, for the stuff and bad taste that I did. And um, I really am sorry for the, people, the people's feelings that I've hurt um, and, and anything that has offended anybody moving down the line or that I did this season. It, um, I, my apologies go out to everybody who I ever hurt. Um, that was never my intention when I came to that house. So those are, those are my million words based on that <laughs> controversial statement. And, uh, yeah, a little one-sided explanation, but uh, I figured I'd let it fly. I think that was perfect. I think that it it kind of touched on everything. You know, I came to this, you know, obviously you were polarizing, as I said in my intro, you were probably the, I think it's safe to say one of, if not the most polarizing figure in this season, whereas you kind of, you did let it fly, but at times at the same point, you showed the honest and integrity. And I think you went into that house where um, immediately on you drew people's eye, you a lot of people labeled labeled you Jason Momoa-esque, and then you came in and you and Jackson, two of the most dominant physically figures in the house, linked up immediately. You guys formed this big alliance. You were polarizing. You said some things. It was polarizing. And you drew a lot of people's eyes. And I think in the beginning, you were a lot of people's, before even the show started, guy. Like People were like, all right, he's going to be the guy we root for. He's going to be the guy, especially with the success of Aquaman. Was the guy I was rooting for. I don't blame him. <laughs> Um, and you were like that figure. And I think when everything hit the fan, then you became polarizing in the sense of everybody was like, oh, let's hate on Jack. Oh, let's go after Jack. Oh, let's go after Mickey. You know, these two polarizing figures. And I think that that kind of led to, um, a lot of the controversy that surrounded it. I think, um, the rice pudding thing that kind of got misconstrued. I think the bigger thing got misconstrued. And as I just said, it was bigger, not the N word. Um, yeah. I watched that back today too. I kind of, I did my research to make, um, formulate even more of my opinions because I, you know, I hear this stuff. I read this stuff. I'm a big brother fan. I looked at this stuff and I'm like, you know, you said some stuff like the mud hole thing. I can't sit here and defend that. The water thing, you know, I could see how that's not, I think everything got overdramaticated in the sense of how big the Big Brother fandom is and how serious it got overdramaticated. And a lot of it wasn't racially, and I don't think any of it was really racially motivated, as you just said. And I think a lot of it got misconstrued. Um, I do think the comments towards Ovi, the mud hole thing, you know, they weren't right. But you apologized. It's over with and it's on, and I th- or it's onwards. And I do think that that part is admirable. I think you said what you said, and it's over with, and the way you've handled it is good. And I do think it stems more from the fact that how polarizing you are, the fandom and the people and then the media even, went that hard on you. And I think yourself and the polarizing character you have and personality, and I do believe that kind of rings true with Mickey as well, whereas the comments that were made made you guys more polarizing and pretty much more attention grabbers than the rest of the cast. And I do think that's where the negative attention and criticisms come from even more. And I do think it could be misconstrued as racially motivated, but as you just said, it was not. And I think life is, is definitely 
definitely, it's, it's like peaks and valleys, right? For every positive, you got to have a negative of the same magnitude, right? So we come into this season and it's very, uh, it, it's riding high. Everything's going a certain direction. Well, there has to be some type of balance. Um, and it just seemed like that balance just ended up being Mickey and, and me, Mickey and I, um, as kind of being this villain setup, which in, to, to, in everybody's viewpoint, is defense. It's well, it's, it has, the, they have their right to believe that and to feel that. And after the way seeing it and, and seeing the things that I did, everybody had their right to feel the way that they did about me. I think it's, it's my mission now to be able to show people that, you know, that isn't the, that isn't the me that, that I, that I'd love to be, you know, or the person mm-hmm. that I'd love to carry myself as moving down the road in the future. Um, so now it's just kind of moving forward and focusing on, you know, how can I, how can I change, you know, not change the viewpoint of how people look at me because that's not necessarily why I do the things I do. I think I do the things that I do for me at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would like to make a change in this in this community or in this or in this society that allows to um, that allows to educate people on how to carry themselves in a certain light. I think a lot of my statements were in what I had mentioned to Kenny in the finale were my statements were based on ignorance. I didn't know any better. Um, I didn't know how to talk. I didn't know how to speak correctly on certain things. And I think it was based on ignorance. How do we educate or how do I educate myself or others to hold themselves better in a social format with multiple cultures or in a multicultural format? And I think that's a million-dollar question for me. And that's something that I've been working really hard on since I've been out of the house. We've now been out um, coming up on two months here. And... Um, it's definitely something that's been on my homework and it's been on my mind um, to get completed. So we'll see how it goes. I do think a key to the whole picture is there was a narrative that you couldn't write when you were in the house, and now you're out of the house, you've had time to digest, and now it's time to formulate your own narrative. And I do like the perspective you have on it all, where peaks and valleys with the season, you guys were the villain, I guess, characters. But now you're out of the house, and you've apologized for your statements. Now it's time to um, write your own narrative and be yourself and kind of let that shine through to America without that boundary of Big Brother twisting things, without the fandom and the people outside of the house and the media kind of misconstruing your words. So I do, you know, every... My perspective on this really was every media outlet, all these people, I'm sure you've gotten a lot of requests to do interviews, a lot of this stuff. And I I came into this with the exact perspective I'm trying to handle now of not no way, shape, or form going at you for your comments because you've grown from it. You are better now than you were then, and you're a better person than what shined through on that television. And I do think that that formulating your own narrative is a great perspective to have moving forward. So kind of with that said, big question, who is Jack Matthews? <laughs> I think that's, that's, uh, that's, a, that's a half million dollar question. <laughs> I think, um, man, I think Jack is really trying to figure out who he is right now. I think Jack grew up and, um, I think I grew up, I grew up in a pretty competitive family, um, athletic family and an athletic background. And I um, went to a high school in the north side suburbs of Chicago. And, um, it wasn't very a multicultural school. I graduated um, with about 700 people in my school. It was a public school. Um, but I, I think 
um, education from a multicultural standpoint and understanding um, understanding how to speak with everybody and how to communicate with everybody, uh, you know, within this community is something that's really kind of driven importance to me. Um, but Jack Matthews, I think, is somebody that's really trying to maintain getting back to the getting back to his roots. I, I, I made a post on my social media the other week um, that I lost sight in, in kind of my three main values, which is, you know, carrying myself with honesty, integrity, and character. Um, so that's something for me to focus on in this upcoming year um, and moving forward in my life. Um, on, the, on the base and on the surface, uh, I'm a photographer and a videographer, and I'm really passionate about it. I love my dog. I'm very close to my dog. That's just as everybody saw on the show. Um, but I made this move just recently when I got off the show to move to Colorado. Um, and I've been living in the mountains here for about, you know, a month and a half now. Um, and in this process, I've had a lot of time to myself. And I've had a lot of time to understand myself a little bit deeper as far as self-discovery and self-love and self-care. Um, and I think those are something that, that's something that a lot of people really struggle with. I struggle with it every single day. Um, I think one thing that I always have to tell myself and that I tell a lot of my followers that follow me through my social media, um, you're always worthy of love. You are always worthy of love. Love is something that you can do for yourself and that it, it, it's out there for you um, and that you're always worthy and that self-care is so paramount within your life. Be passionate about yourself. Be passionate about the things that you do. Be passionate about the people that you care for. But put yourself first to a certain degree. Um, it, it's definitely the honesty and integrity and character aspect has really rung true to me this year. In coming out of the house, the grandfather that told me this and that I've been very close with in my life uh, was diagnosed with stage four cancer this year, and he doesn't—he's not feeling too great right now. Um, I get the—I get—we're coming up to Christmas, and I get actually the pleasure and. And the, um, I, I get the opportunity to see him. Um, and I'm really looking forward to seeing my grandfather again. I haven't seen him in quite some time since before I left the house. But um, just having the ability to talk to him face-to-face again is something that I'm really looking forward to. I think in this passing and how this past year has gone, for me to try and create a platform where people can express themselves from from a creative standpoint, from a self-care standpoint, from a mental health standpoint, um, from a physical standpoint, um, how people feel about, you know, themselves with their health, whether it's mental or physical, I'd love to create a platform where people can come and do that. And that's kind of become my mission coming out of the house, is develop a platform for people to um, fall back in love with themselves if they're ever struggling with it, um, because I've been there. Um, and I think that's one thing that is really great that you can find in common with people and, and help people with is finding a common ground. And I think for me, I, I struggled a little bit with self-care in my life. Um, I've struggled with nutrition in my life before. I've struggled with uh, a myriad of things. And for me to develop a platform where people can come and, and um, speak their minds and just have somebody to talk to that isn't necessarily a, a bias or a biased belief, whether it's a family member or a doctor or, you know, I mean, hold on, let me double back that. I'm not saying people shouldn't go to their doctors, but, you know, an unbiased 
friendly opinion or you know uh, a platform where other people can give how they feel um, is huge. But at the end of the day, it's all like I think I said a lot of negative things in that house. Um, I'm really trying to learn spread positivity as a platform or as as a base conversation rather than a negative joke or a negative connotation to anything. Um, and that's been a real big learning curve for me too, um, is understanding positivity and filling this world with as much positive light as I possible. So that's kind of where I'm standing right now with me as, as, as Jack Manson. Do I know exactly who I am? Uh, man, are we ever going to know that? Not at all. Not that's a chance. Question, right? Yeah, that's a tough question. I I do give you credit for going as far as you did with that question. Um, I might have lost you. Oh, here I am. Uh, uh sorry about that. But uh, no, I definitely don't know who I am. I think it's a tough question to answer. Um, I think yourself and myself, even a few years younger than you, still kind of finding who I am, and I do think you got thrust into a spotlight a lot quicker than expected, and now it's a matter of seeing what you can do with it, and it gives you a big platform to kind of go from there with it. Myself, I have this podcast, I have this platform to get people on and talk to people, and kind of, by interviewing them and seeing the adversity they overcome, by talking to people I would want to listen to, talk to, I kind of am trying to find myself and figure out, is this something that I want to spend the rest of my years working towards and you know getting to know people and i enjoy this and i hope that's a route i can go down and help people um shine through and with that said i don't think anybody knows who they are at any age um fully so i do think that it's admirable of you to kind of you know move forward now and try to figure out who you are especially now with this new phone platform and even talking to um Zach Rancy, a friend of the show, a uh, couple months past, he, somebody who season 16, I mean, five years later now, he's still trying to figure out who he is with his platform. And, you know, he moved forward and said, you know, when him and I talked, he said, I, even with his platform, you know, he's still who he was and he is who he is unapologetically. And he uses his platform for the greater good and to share his um, perspective, I do think that um, that is an admirable way to go about things, and um, I do like both your guys' opinions on that, and also on the cancer perspective, I myself lost my grandfather to cancer, so I spend my prayers and blessings to you, especially this holiday season with I appreciate that, Dylan. I appreciate it. I haven't really talked much about it on, on my media outlet. It's one of the, my mm-hmm. family's very close to me, you know, um, and that's one thing that I kind of try to keep you know, close to me. I, I have a lot of respect for my family, especially my, my grandfather, my parents, and stuff like that. I think that was conveyed on the show. You know, my, my family kind of stayed out of the limelight. You know, I had my dog. That was that was the person in my HOH basket. Um, and and that's a respect thing. You know, it's, it's my family is enable. You know, is able to have their their privacy and and their lives, and they're they're very professional in what they do, and I respect them very much. Um, and I made a risk and, and a leap of faith to be on this show this summer, and I stand by it one billion percent, of course. Um, but I think that's, that's definitely a thing is, is, is that, that I've noticed. I've, I've reached out on my platforms a couple times, being, you know, um, that I don't know where I am right now. And I think, you know, I am so blessed to have the following of fans that I have. I'll, I'll take a brief second to thank all of them and to tell them how much I care about them. I try to tell them as much as possible, but 
the the responses that I get from my fan base about it's okay to not know where you're at, um, and and the myriads of ages that come back and being like, I'm 45, I'm 55, I'm 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 28, and I still don't know what I want. I know what I love. I know what I'm passionate about. I know what 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 inspires me and what drives me. But to sit there and define themselves, they they understand that it's a difficult call sometimes. And I think that it changes throughout your life, too. You have different things and different motives within your life. Me at age 30 is going to be much different than me at age 40. Um, so that's kind of just the way that I look at it right now, and I totally respect your viewpoint as well, where you bring up Zach, who you spoke with the other day and or a little bit ago. Um, yeah, it's, it's an astute observation to make to be like, you know, I, I really don't know what it is right now or who I am. Um, but, you know, I know the things that I love, and I know the things that I enjoy, and I'll continue to grow from those. I um I don't know if this is known, and it's something I I do let through let crack a couple times when I run the podcast because I don't want to let it become something that people formulate upon. I want people to know me for my perspective and my beliefs and my interviewing skills. But I am only sixteen years of age. I still have a long time to kind of formulate who I am and who I want to be and where I want to go with my life. So, um. Even to talking to someone, you are older than I am and more life experience and kind of now a f- platform and know where you want to go a little bit clearer than I do. So, hmm? Did you say something? Sorry? No, I was adjusting my microphone. Oh, sorry. Um, but, you know, it's a unique perspective as well to kind of hear this from, especially as a younger age. For sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. Team, man. Wow. <laughs> How long have you been doing this podcast for? Um, a year in February, so 10 months now. Wow, how many episodes? This will be, when I publish this this weekend, 46. I'm going to be number 46? You are going to be number 46. I should have done that research before, but hey, I'm honored, man. <laughs> Happy to be number 46. That was the number my dad wore in high school for football. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I'm perfect timing. how I know that. I have no idea. <laughs> um, I could be making it up, but I'm almost positive. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it's very cool to uh, sit down with you as somebody who, you know, as I said, one of the people I really want to talk to after the show. Of course, man. It would, it's an absolute honor to be on here, man. And I appreciate your questions and, and your honest questions. I mean, not a whole lot of people would ask me the controversial question right off the bat, but you went and sent it. So uh, more power to you, bud. All right, with that said, going to shift gears a little bit to uh, – a showmance that you were involved in this past uh, season. Uh, how are things now, as you have not done media appearances, you're not kind of, you keep things close to your vest. How are things with Annalise, and how has that developed post-show? Where is that out, and how has life moved since then? Oh, wow. So, Annalise and I um, are currently not dating, um, but that was about a month ago that we made that decision. Um in the move coming out from the Big Brother house, we decided to go on a little road trip. She actually came back with me. We spent a couple weeks in L.A., and then we went to um, Florida because I was going to pack myself up, and I was kind of contemplating between Colorado and L.A. I was ready for a move. Um, I didn't have a job back in Florida, and I was ready to start something new with my puppy Layla, you know, potentially with this um, or Annalise. And... Um, we made this road trip. We actually stopped at some really cool places. We stopped um, in this little port city, in this little dock city in the north side of Florida for the first night, and then we went to New Orleans for the next. Um, 
Tits was super excited about that because she just really wanted some beignets, um, a New Orleans uh, dessert, which is apparently the thing. It's basically a popsicle, right? Uh-huh. Um, but they're pretty great. Um, and they were as good as they were yacked up to be. She made a great choice. I got to get to it. Um, but then we went on and we went to Dallas and then we went to Flagstaff um, to visit her sister. And then um, I ended up making the decision that I wanted to go to Colorado. I wanted to go to Denver. I was looking for jobs. I was looking for a couple places. And um, so she ended up going back to L.A. And we went a couple weeks of not seeing each other. And then Halloween came around. And I actually came and surprised her, Jackson, and Holly. Um, Tommy and Christy and I surprised her. Mm-hmm. Um, surprised them all. Coming in for Halloween. A friend of ours, Brad, had um, kind of like a birthday party. And so we did, like, a big surprise uh, set up for that. And I got there that Wednesday. And um, later on in the week, my returning flight back to Denver got canceled. Um, and Jackson was going to Dallas for, like, a guy's weekend. And so we went and did a guy's weekend. And there was just some there – was, uh, there was some trust issues going on from my side. Um, and it just – it wasn't everything as, as far as the trust issue was warranted uh, from Sis's perspective, um, and it just it didn't feel right. Um, our lifestyles weren't matching up, um, and I she just she just didn't seem happy with me, and it was and that was okay. It was perfectly fine, but we just we're finding that the long distance between Colorado and that I didn't end up staying there for a few days in L.A. when I should have. When after Halloween, it was just confusing to her why I left. And it just was one of those things that's like, listen, if you're not going to be happy, I don't, I don't, I don't want it to necessarily hinder you in any way. I really care about you. I'm always going to care about you, but I don't want you to be unhappy with me. And I don't, I don't want to have to, to prove my love to you day in and day out. You know, one of those things like, I, that's definitely a relationship thing is to prove love day in and day out. Um, but, but for me, I may have worded that poorly. I think what I'm trying to say is that it was it was kind of like I was uh, it was an interrogation thing, mm-hmm. and it was it, it just it just wasn't that the, the relationship just wasn't sitting where it needed to be sitting, and it was one of those things that was like, well, let's take a break and let's evaluate where we are. We both love each other. That's absolutely true. We spent time we spent time together that summer. That is a journey that will be unmatched by anything else in life. Um, it'll be unique um, and something that we both will always remember and cherish. Um, but there was there was an argument or a conversation that it just didn't end out. It didn't end out the way that we wanted, and it was one of those things that we just needed to test the break. Be like, well, if this isn't how we should feel right now or this isn't the way that we are feeling right now, maybe we should take some time away and see if, you know, taking each other out of each other's equations and focusing on each other's lives um, if we feel like we need to come back together at some point. So I'm always one of the ones who believes that if it's meant to be, it will absolutely be. Mm-hmm. And if it is, then it most certainly will be. But for now, right now, this is taking time for herself and being time with her family and her friends and focusing on herself. And I'm kind of doing the same thing. I'm uh, focusing on my business and and, and, and my journey is, and, and my path um, right now. But we've been, we've been split for about a month now, a little bit less. Um, we still talk every once in a while. Um, I still think that she's an incredible person, and um, I do miss her. Um, and I'm sure she feels the same way, but I'll always have nothing but the best to say about this. 
always, and I'd say that our our breakup was definitely, or the split was was as was as was as was was the best way that he could do it. Um, I have nothing but the utmost respect for her and her family. Um, I spent time at her family's house while I was out in L.A. And, um, I have the utmost respect for her family and meeting them. And, uh, they did so much for me while I was there, so. Um, I have to thank him a, a million times. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely one of those things that, you know, the breakup, it just, it just didn't work out. It was one of those things that it was just, you know, a couple things happened and, you know, the relationship just didn't end up working out. And, um, I had no problems with it. I had no problems with her. And we'll, I definitely am looking forward to see how she does in the future. And she has a super bright future and she's going to absolutely crush it. And I wish her the very best. So. That was a very uh, honest and great answer to uh, a tough subject and tough thing to bring up. Um, with that said, you know, best to both of you moving forward. And um, I want to play a little bit of a game I've played with Cliff and Nicole when they came on and something that applies to you as well. Um, Fifteen other housemates were in that house with you. And I want you to, and this may be a little more difficult for you, you know, because there's more extensive relationships with each of them that maybe Nicole and Cliff didn't have. Um, but with that is one or two words about each house guest that you shared the summer with. Can you do that? Or is that something you want to do? Let's do it. Uh, but we got to go through the names. All right. I, I might be able, I just broke out a piece of paper, so let's do this thing. Yeah, this happened when Nicole and I, both of us couldn't remember all the names, so this could be interesting. But uh, starting right from the top is Mickey. Mickey, um, he's a gamer. Uh, so two words to describe him. Um, wow. Disciplined and, wow, I got to think of another word, <laughs> singular word. Disciplined and... I mean, it is discipline, but the other word that I'm looking for is he's like a defense attorney, mm-hmm. he's willing to say what he absolutely needs to say in order to win. He knows that it's a game. He's evaluated that. It doesn't matter. It, 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 it's not about the visual. It's about him and the game, and he's going to do whatever it takes. Um, he's going to do whatever it takes to win. So I'd say like adversity, like overcome adversity, doesn't matter the size of the hill he's going to go for it. Mm-hmm. Right? So discipline and adversity would be my choice. All right. Adversity is probably a poor choice. I wish I had been more extended vernacular. But we're going to go. <laughs> Holly. Holly. Um, wow. Social. She can talk her way out of anything. So social butterfly. Um, and um, I'd say a sleeper in the game. Um, I don't think she got as much credit as she deserved, um, how she utilized her relationship with Jackson um, to get her as far as she did, as, as far as she made it in the game. Um, man, the way that she held herself after day 44, when Jackson literally locked himself up in the have-nots room while I was there all down that week, and she literally, she, she campaigned for him. She handled all of his business and kept him in the game. And um, not that it was really close, because I felt like the second day 44 happened and then Jessica won the veto. I was, I was dead to right. Mm-hmm. However, Holly did an incredible job navigating through that. And, and I haven't watched the rest of the season, 
but from who I knew and how the season end, ended, um, that's how I view Holly. I think she's she's incredibly talented. Um, and yeah. All right, Nicole. Nicole, um, super. You know, there's a reason why she was America's favorite player. So um, Nicole is fun and smart. I'll keep it vanilla for those things. Nicole, right. the, the one time that I sat on the hammock, Nicole and I never really checked in a lot because we were kind of on mm-hmm. the opposite side of the house. I acknowledged that she was kind of a low-style player, right? Mm-hmm. They float, there was a lot of people who were offended when I say that she's kind of a floater, but it was kind of her position to be in a neutral um, neutral spot. I think um, how she utilized that throughout the house. I mean, when we sat on that hammock, man, I rolled and laughed harder than I ever did in that house. She was a sweetheart. I'm crazy about Nicole. Cliff. Cliff. Uh, the big, big red hog. Man, the entire time I was in jury, I was voting for that guy to bring it home. I was like, man, if they didn't get Cliff out this week, and he kept saying it, kept saying it. Um, Cliff, Cliff is, Cliff is wise, number one. Kind of a stereotypical answer because of his years. Mm-hmm. However, he's wise, but a prankster. He's one of the best. From the pranks that I heard that he pulled during prank week, I heard that he throws Mickey's sandals in Ziploc bags. That's brilliant. He's hilarious. I love Cliff. I love Cliff. He's a man. Tommy. Tommy is the most genuine human being you'll ever come in contact with, and that's for real. Tommy knows. Tommy you can hop on the phone with, and he asks you everything. He asks you, checks in about every single thing that you talked about the last time you spoke. Me, I don't remember what I ate for breakfast. Tommy will check in and ask me, how's everybody doing? How's this going? How's it? He's genuine and it's real. Um, and then, of course, um, he does love to be a little bit of a center of attention. Um, but with that, that's just his style and that's just the person he is. I don't think he does it for attention. It's just the person he is. Um, so I would say captivating. So I'd say genuine and captivating. Uh, Christy. Christy, um, well, she's um, she's very mindful. Mindful will be a word. She's very present. She, she's she's a spiritual being that understands, you know, being in the present and valuing time for what it is. But also, um, she's kind of a crybaby. But that's just on the show. I know Christy now, and I know her outside. Of, man, that girl could cry in the house. I think it was that stressful situation. Um, but man, she hers is mindful. And um, in all playfulness, I'll stand by this. She's kind of a crybaby. Man, can she cry on that show? <laughs> Outside of the show, she's an awesome person. She was definitely, this is going off a little bit, she was somebody who... Emotional. Um, emotional is the word to use. She's emotional. Yes. She was definitely someone that there's a lot of gifs and a lot of um, photo, video proof of her um, emotions being displayed throughout the <laughs> season. Yeah. But great person all in all. I'll be a friend of Christie's for... For the rest of my life, mm-hmm. um, we were really good friends in the house. I'm a real big fan of Christy. We're good friends. All right, Nick. Nick. Um, Nick. Nick is, to me, one of the funniest guys I've ever come in contact with. Um, he doesn't, um, he's a free spirit and doesn't care for a second about what other people think. He's so... 
he's so himself. Um, so I would say he is, oh man, Nick's a competitor too. Mm-hmm. So Nick would be one word competitive. Um, and then the next word I would say is, man, unapologetically himself. Like, I don't know how I put that into words, but like Nick is so proud of being himself. Uh, and he loves his mother, loves his family. He's a big family guy, but um, he's, he's awesome. I'm so glad I got to meet Nick this summer. He's probably one of the favorite people I got. Sam. Sam, dad, number one. Dad to both those baby boys. Um, dad and husband, for sure. Um, but as from, from a game standpoint, Sam should, the fact that he didn't win Big Brother this year blows my mind. We all thought he was going to win it week one or in week two. Tommy and I are laying in bed. Tommy's like, we got to get him out week five. That's like, it has to happen. He can't be in company. He can't come back. He's got to be the first one to go. Too good. Um, so for that, I'm, I'm going to say um, Sam is the real MVP. He's going to be dad and MVP, most valuable player. Hands down. Catherine. Cat. Um, she is a boss. Number one, Kat's just a boss. Uh, she's business-minded, an absolute killer, always is grinding and figuring out what to, what, what's the next thing to do. And the next thing would be, gosh, the next word to describe Kat, she, I mean, boss and bad. She's just a bad girl. Like, she just, she does not, and just like Nick, and I think this is why her and Nick are together, they're so unapologetically themselves. It's something that's so cool to see. Um, and I think that's something that Kat just revels in. Like, she just loves the fact that she is her person. The, the conspiring bitch, if you will. And so I respect that at times. Um, she's a bad boss. Those are my two words. Bella. Bella. Um, this season, um, we found out that Bella is talkative. She could kind of go, but she'd find out something and literally go right to the next room and start talking about it. Um, and I mean that with the utmost respect. That was just what her game was, you know? And it stirred the pot. Like, it made for really cool TV, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, Bella is also, and I mean this in the best way, she's a ride-or-die crazy girl, life of the party. So, like, crazy would be the word to use. Like, we always, I don't know if... Um, I haven't watched back, but live feeds probably published a little bit. We did odds are. We did this odds are challenge where we bet each other. It's basically dare or dare. So we'd eat disgusting things, right? Mm-hmm. And Bella was always down with me just to eat the nastiest shit, right? And uh, that was something that, like, I really enjoyed about Bella. Like, she didn't care. She just was totally in for it, and that was fun. But, yeah. So uh, I'm going to say talkative crazy. All in positive taste, by the way. All in good mm-hmm. taste. Not like she's... Not in a bad way, but that's just how it was this season, for sure. Uh, Ovi. Ovi. Okay, so I'm going to apologize for calling Ovi a douche, number one. <laughs> um, I'm going to take that. I'm going to take a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, Ovi is one of the nicest people you'll come across. However, there was a point in the show for me to explain the douche comment. You can't, number one. Mm-hmm. But with Ovi, it came off, it was, it was really pushed to me. Like, Obi was always doing nice things to gain to gain respect from people. And that's a great game move. And I think, actually, Obi is that way in real life. He's a very genuine, kind guy. 
up much on the outside of the house, um, respectfully, because I called him a douche. I, I, you wouldn't want to talk to him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to say Obi's incredibly kind and generous. Mm-hmm. Kind and generous are the pe- are the words that I would use for Obi. I know it doesn't sound like that from the show. Mm-hmm. For me, I was just in a I was in a position that I wasn't on his side, and I just constantly felt like it was just a lot, like he was pushing to, to get me, and it, it it boiled me over a little bit. And I unfortunately let that get to me, and I'll never be able to apologize. Like I say, I'll never be able to apologize enough. I'm apologizing. Mm-hmm. Obi, I'm sorry that I called you a douche, especially the way that I did. That was very douchey of me to call you a douche like that. Um, you're the man, Obi. You're a great guy. Um, Hannah's a really lucky girl. Um, and I also suspected that Hannah wasn't real on the show. It's like a joke. She's absolutely real. And um, you guys are great. Um, but we don't talk much anymore. But kind and generous. That's Obi. Kemi. Uh, Kemi. Kemi is intelligent. She's brilliant. Um, she's a business-minded individual. She grinds hard. She works hard. Um but also quiet, intelligent and quiet. Um, there was a lot of jokes on the show of Kemi uh, whispering all the time. Um, nobody could ever hear her when she was like talking or whispering. So um, I'd say intelligent and quiet. Uh, and uh, yeah, so Kemi, once again, I know that we didn't like think up on the show and I know that we didn't, you know, think of it after the show or anything. Um, but I'll always apologize for the things that I said. They were always said in bad taste. And that's unfortunate, and I'm not a good guy by saying them. Um, but you have my sincerest apologies, that's for sure. Uh, Jess. Next one. Do we have another one? Jess and David and Sis. That's the remaining. Nice. All right. <laughs> so, Mama J. Mama J. Um, I grew to love Jess when she got into jury. We spent a lot of time in there, and um, I actually got to meet her husband, uh, Steve, and he's incredible, super nice guy. Um, I probably... Uh, there's a lot of stuff that Jackson and I, uh, you know, uh, apparently said about Jess. And there's, there's a whole complications about that. Um, apparently I said something about, like, um, I don't know, I, I said something about, like, uh, well, I said some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Jess is never deserving of that. She is, um, Jess is beautiful. Um, for her, like, the, the person that she is, she's this fun. Jess and I gravitated, she's a stepmom. And stepmoms are so, one of the closest people, one of the closest people in my life is my stepmother. Mm-hmm. Um, and I respect her so much. She has said so much to me in times that were really difficult and saved my life in ways. And not a lot of people, not a lot of people see that side. And I can totally see that in Jeff, how much she cares for her stepdaughter. And that's really respectful. So she's a stepmom. And that's something really respectful. So that's one word that I use, stepmother. Um, and then her next one is, um, she, she's low-key, an incredible dancer. She won the dance-off in the fashion show. Um, just sent it. She did this, this, this dance that she's been practicing and then going, she does, like, dance routines. She's an artist, too. She loves to paint. Um, so I'd say, like, she's a creative. Just because they're creative and a stepmom. David. David. Um, he's my workout buddy, uh, my CrossFit workout buddy, number one. Um, and we still catch workouts outside. He comes into Denver every once in a while. And anytime that I see him on a flight, he puts it up on his story. Go. 
how, how long are you in town for? Because we got to get a workout in. Um, and he's always stopping in, so we try to catch each other. But um, So I'm going to say um, instead of discipline like Jackson, Dave always got up early and just started cleaning things. Um, he's militant. Um, and he's regimented. Um, and I respect that a ton. Um, and I think that's why he intimidated Jackson and I so much. Um, and he's got this, he's charismatic. So we'll say militant and charismatic. <laughs> Everybody loved him. It was just, it was unfortunate that he got out week one of his camp comeback and made it really hard for him to come out. And I made that weird rule about nobody talks to camp comeback. But by the way, wasn't solely my idea. There's two <laughs> people that came up with that idea, and then I just utilized it because I was head of household at the time. <laughs> by the way, totally didn't need to do it, but it was brought up. I thought it was a good idea. Probably not the best, but it kind of isolated the camp comebackers, and it alleviated drama, but also created drama, so it kind of made it a little bit difficult. But, um, yeah, David, charismatic, militant. And lastly, you touched on her, but sis. Last, but never least, <laughs> sis. Um, sis is, the most, is one of the most beautiful people I've ever laid eyes on. Like, she walks in a room, and you're like, you. she takes the air out of the room. So beautiful is one. Um, but she's playful, too. Um, she's spunky. She she goes around the house spooking everybody and loves to laugh. Like, she'll laugh so hard it brings herself to her knees. She loves laughing like that. So I'd say playful is definitely one of her defining characteristics. She's beautiful and playful, which to me is two describing words. Are those adjectives? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, that was a joke because she doesn't know adjectives, so, you know. I don't either, so that's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so they're describing words, so they are adjectives. So she's um, beautiful, playful, and um, those aren't uh, that bad of adjectives to use to describe herself. Um, but yeah, that, that's the squad. That's the team. That is. That was fifteen people. <laughs> Um, people that I'll always remember and share something mm-hmm. with for the rest of my life. Wow, what a unique experience, man. Mm-hmm. With that said, Jack, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to come on. This has been a lot of fun. I do want to give you one last question. I give it to every guest that comes on. And, um, yeah, what is the legacy you want to leave? <laughs> man. Ooh, that's almost that's kind of a toss-up of, like, who are you? The legacy that I'm going to leave and that I want to leave is that I'm going to try to, um, I'd like to leave something along the lines where it was this one guy who had a struggle on national television and was conveyed or seen as somebody who was a little bit dark and Mm -hmm. confused and lost to be found and to help to transfer himself and to grow into something to be more found and, um, find himself in a captivating position where he's able to better people's lives. Um, whether it's from a nutritional standpoint, whether it's from a lifestyle standpoint, whether it's from a mental standpoint. Um, there's a couple things that I have in the works here that, um, you know, from a 10-year goal to a 5-year goal, I'd like to change people's lives and I'd like to better people's lives. Um, and I think there's multiple measures to do that. Um, it's, it's all about self-care. It's all about loving yourself and loving the people who love you back um, and being able to focus on yourself. And I think the legacy that I want to leave is, wow, that guy was able to really help me out. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and influenced me to make a decision in my life that really better that that improved my my lifestyle. And um, hopefully it'll come into play. I don't want to give too much of it before I release it though, and it's um, we'll definitely see what the future holds. And I'm really excited for it. Um, and I'm excited to meet all the people that I get to meet along that journey. Um, wrap up for me. I'm so thankful, and I think I've said this in this, in this interview already. Um, the people that I have met in coming out of the house, every interaction has just been incredible, and I'm so thankful for all the people that I've met in this journey. With that said, Jack, I want to thank you once again so much for taking the time to come on. It was a lot of fun to sit down with you and really have a great conversation about life, about the show, about how much it's changed your life, and dive into all of it. So I do want to give you the opportunity to plug your social medias, whatever you want, and the floor is yours before I sign off. <laughs> oh, man, a quick plug. All right, well, you guys, if you don't follow me already on uh, social media, the one outlet that I'm utilizing right now is just Instagram. I haven't built a Twitter However, after this interview, I might set up a Twitter. Dylan, you might have inspired me to get a Twitter, so we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm building a YouTube channel right now um, that will be along the same thing. My Instagram handle is Kirkwood Matthews. I also have a media channel. I'm a photographer and videographer, so you can follow me on Kirkwood Matthews Media. You'll catch my dog and all the different athletic stuff and lifestyle stuff that I shoot there. I was hanging out with Corey Brooks this weekend and a couple other friends, and we were shooting this weekend, and that was a lot of fun. Um, but... The one thing that is going to be big for me is I'm starting a nutrition a nutrition coaching uh, website. So for me, I'm here to better people's lives by their nutrition if they want to lose weight or just eat healthier or better their lives in any way, shape, or form or have themselves just feel healthier. You don't, it doesn't have to be basically a look based on energy and emotion and all these things. So um, Know Your Worth Nutrition will be released this week, um, and I'm really excited about it coming into the new year. So we have a new promotion coming on this new year. You'll get your first two months for 50% off. And um, Feel free to contact me and hit me in my DMs on my social media at Kirkwood Matthews on Instagram. Um, and feel free to ask me any questions about that moving forward. Um, so hopefully maybe this episode comes out before the new year. We'll see. I know my boy Dylan's got to put some work in. Some editing. We've got an hour episode that we're doing. I know. Um, so we'll see if it – I know. We've got something <laughs> up to do. But um, – this was an absolute pleasure, Dylan. I appreciate you selecting me and having me in your top three TV house guests this, uh, this summer to interview. I'm glad that you got a hold of me, man. You give me a ring whenever you want, man, and whenever you're in Denver, you come out here and I'll buy you dinner, all right, bud? Thank you very much. Thank you again for coming on. Of course, Bob. Of course. Once again, I want to thank Jack Matthews for taking the time to come on Ambitious. It was a lot of fun. It was really cool to sit down with him and talk with him for the first time since he's been out of the house. Nobody has interviewed him, and it was really cool to be the first one and have the chance to ask him what a lot of people were dying to know about the season and his thoughts behind a lot of his actions. And I do think he's a real genuine guy, and I hope that over the course of the next few years that does shine through as he tries to make up for some of the actions he made well in the house. With that said, I wish everybody who listens to this episode and is a consistent listener of the show a happy holidays. I want to thank you guys all for tuning into each episode and whatever episode you have tuned into. If you'd like to listen to more of Ambitious, you can check us out wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, you know it. And with that said, you can follow us on Instagram at Ambitious Podcast, Twitter at Ambitious with DP, and I hope you all have a wonderful holidays and check back here next week for another new episode.